<laughs> that was good. So here we are. Hi, Carlene. Hi, Alma. We have a special guest today. He's quite cute. Isn't he, though? Mm-hmm. He's adorable. <laughs> oh, he's blushing. <laughs> <laughs> Lean in just a little bit so we can get you on the... Yeah. There you go. Oh, say hello. There is he. There's that handsome face. Do you want to say hello? Hi. Introduce Hi, yourself. what's your name? Sebastian. Sebastian. Hi, Sebastian. <laughs> Everybody can see what you're doing. So Sebastian is spending the weekend <laughs> with us, and he is helping us do some stuff around the house to make some extra cash. For what? Roblox. What is it? Roblox. Roblox. Oh, Roblox. Oh. What is that? It, tell her what it is. Money for a game. Oh, like a computer, like a Xbox type game? Kind of. Or a PlayStation? For my computer. It's on my computer. Oh. Roblox. Oh, interesting. So that's what the kids are into now. Funny so though, right? I guess it's better that he's uh, <laughs> trying to earn money to mm-hmm. get what he wants than, right. than just steal asking it. for it. <laughs> yeah, that too. He's Don't a good steal. boy. He'd never do he that. is a good boy. I hope he stays that way forever. He will. Right? Yeah, Nana even told me if I don't, even if she's six feet under the ground, she'll still come give it me. <laughs> Believe her. Spirit's watching. Angels are watching. She will. I know. His, his grandma? Oh. <laughs> so, I am telling you, I I stopped a shoplifter in Circle K. Did I tell you this story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was stealing. Can I tell him or no? I'll, I'll make it like... So I, I don't... He, he was stealing in Circle K, and I was like, I could see him doing it, and I'm like, mm-mm, you shouldn't do that, and he's like, whatever. But then I said, your grandmother is watching you. She can see everything you're doing. He put everything back, and then he got creeped out and ran out of the store. <laughs> so I stopped him from stealing. That's good. Because he knew his grandma was watching. Crazy, right? But my grandma will come back as a zombie. <laughs> You, can you say that into the microphone? Your grandma's going to come back as a what? Zombie. <laughs> Is she going to come back as a zombie from The Walking Dead or from one of those ones where they run? Z Nation. Yeah. Z Nation. She's going to be a fast one. Are, are those the kind that kind of like contort themselves into different? Let me. And they run. Think they don't what? just like lumber along. Yeah. Where you can just kind of outrun them and you're like, why can't you get away from the zombies? Right. They're, They're like, like slow. They're like. She's going to be a Madsy. That's what they call it in the movies. It's, they can't kill them unless they like blow its head off. And they still can't kill it even if they do that. What? Well, Watch then... the show. It's on some Netflix. Okay. What's it to... called? Z Nation. Okay. We'll have to check it out. Mm-hmm. And they run fast. Well, uh. My nephew is a, a budding true crime fan. He said he listened to three. Yeah. I've, a wait, bars. No, not. Oh, a, not a bars? But the one that you guys are doing, we uh-huh. listen to three other people do. Three. Oh, we listen to three others. Yeah. Oh, I see. He sat right there. Oh, my. Yesterday while I was listening and looking for stories. Oh, my. And, I suggested and he even, her one. She didn't like it. It was a little too oh, boring for my test taste. And, <laughs> and I was what, what was the name of it? Do you remember? The Hello Kitty one. Hello Kitty? <laughs> yeah. What? It, um, 
it's not as innocent as it sounds. So it's a true crime. Yeah. But it's like Hello it's Kitty. It's also a little bit paranormal. Oh, really? Is it like in Japan or something? Was it an Asian one? It kind of sounded like it was. Either Asia. I started listening to it and then I was like, oh, no, we're not listening to this. Now I want to listen to it. I know. We might end up doing it later. All right, Sebastian, what are you going to do right now when you leave the room? Go watch Lucifer. Oh, (laughs) wait, on Netflix or whatever? Yeah, that's a good one, though. Have you watched that show? No, I haven't. It's not scary. (laughs) It's actually a little comedy involved. Huh. I'm on the first episode. Uh, I I stopped watching it. I got to finish watching the episodes i i I haven't watched any of them my sister watches it she's suggested it oh really yeah it's good it's a it gets a little inappropriate for but i skipped the parts oh it's not overly bad it's just you know not pg well him and albert picked a movie last night and i was like all right i'm out it's not for me dog she just watched the trailer and she left (laughs) what was it uh it was called the Soul Collector. What? It was on Shutter. I can't believe you're bowing out of this stuff. You do the scariest stories. No. If you would have saw the trailer, like some stuff I can't watch right before bed. Just oh, can't do it. Well. I can't. It, it leaves, wasn't even that scary. It, it looked creepy as you hell. You have your big strong man next to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it weird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, baby. I hope you had fun. You ready to go watch your movie? Yeah. All right. And dog sit? Yeah, and dog sit for us. I mean, they're being so out of hand right now. I know. <laughs> Bef- well, they did blow us out of the room for a minute. Yeah. That was kind of terrible. Burnt tire broccoli smell. No, you're, you're all good. I Let's mean, pour some wine. Let's pour that wine. So wine. anyways, wine. what are we drinking? Now that Sebastian's left and we can t- start talking about the grown-up stuff, odd lot. So Carlene brought this. It's a Cab Syrah, and it's called Odd Lot. And the 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 cartoon on it is real cute. Yeah, it's a really cool label. There's an airplane. Looks like it's uh, about to crash, and two guys are like just drinking their wine and living their life. <laughs> and it looks like they're landing in a vineyard. Uh, Connor and Les got that for me for Mother's Day. Nice. It was like to tide me over until my gift got here. It says 56% Cabernet, 44% Syrah. Syrah, Syrah. It's an audacious partnership that defies gravity. Are you bold enough to be odd? Mm. I like that. Yeah, we could try it. Probably put that in there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm. Look at me. I look sexy today. <laughs> oh, I am. It's just too hot. Like, I, I put my hair up because it's too hot. And now yeah, my bangs better. are all tweaked out. It's humid. And so you go outside and you just start. You're wet. Soaking wet. Oh, sweat. yeah. That happens to me all the time. I go outside and I'm wet. <laughs> I'm I would wet. not. I, <laughs> oh, I'm wet. Oh, yeah. I would never make it in, like, Florida. That would drive me oh, crazy. Oh, hell no. Have you ever been to Texas? No. We went to San Antonio one year with the kids. They were really young, and we did Six Flags and everything. We stayed for a whole week. It was like cutting butter to go outside. You could, Mm-mm. like, touch the air. Mm-mm. It was so wet outside. The humidity Mm-mm. was so... Like when you can't even take a deep breath? No, yeah. Mm-hmm. You could drink in Mm-mm. the air. No. It's just, like, so, thick. 
when I always laugh when people would say we have a dry heat in yeah. here. I'm like, okay, yeah, dry heat. But we do have a dry heat. Here. It's a tolerable dry heat. Yeah. I mean, like might... right now it is not. No. It's uncomfortable. It's like I think driving over here it was it said it was only 101. Mm-hmm. But you cannot stand outside for 30 seconds then you're just drenched in sweat. It's not comfortable at all. I know. No. And Albert like is out there in the heat like during people's cars because he's mm. mobile. Mm-mm. So just wherever they have for him to do it, he does it. See, I always tell like if I have a AC guy come or anybody pool person, like anybody that works outside year round, mm-hmm. I just have a lot of respect for that. Being in Arizona, working 115 degrees outside in this heat Broke for eight out. hours it's a day. Terrible. No, terrible. All right. Terrible. Oh, All right. wait, I want to take a whiff of this. Yes, let's. <sighs> it's mild. It does smell good. We've had some where it's like, hell no. I just, oh, good. Not, well, mm. I just had coffee right now, so it might take a minute. Mm. I shouldn't drink the coffee. Mm-hmm. Then... I like it. It's mild. Is it? Mm-hmm. It's got a little fruity in there. little fruity. It's a little fruity tootie. Boop. Yay. Such a cute bottle, though. Holy cow, I would get this again. Would you? I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let my coffee kind of get off my tongue. When little. you do it, let it sit on your tongue for a minute. So you can get all the flavor. Oh, that is delicious. Yummy, yummy. Thank Oops. you for bringing that and sharing your Mother's Day gift with me. You're welcome. I'm I like get the two little again. guys on here. They just land in this vineyard uh-huh. and then they, they just toast. They're just like going <laughs> with it. Hey, I mean, wherever we land, we land, right? Be odd. Is that the message? Cab Sarah. Que Sarah. Sarah. Case. <laughs> I'm reading that. Cab Sarah. Oh. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. Just, okay. Much different uh, than having, don't have coffee and then drink wine. Because that, yeah. I do not recommend. It ruins it. It was gross. Oh, Connor's asking how, because I sent him this picture and said it's the star of our podcast. So I'm telling him it's. Yummy. So yummy. So ready. Because I have, we're starting a little early today, but I also have yeah, somewhere to go after we do this, and I'm probably going to be very tipsy, but that's okay. They're all watching the Suns game tonight. They're going to be pretty tipsy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What time is the game on? I have no idea. It's probably on right now as we're spe- speaking. Spree- Spreaking. Spreaking. <laughs> <laughs> we let haven't the, even let the fun begin. We've only had a couple sips. <laughs> All right. So I found a really cool story. Okay. While I was sitting here with uh, Sebastian yesterday, and oh. we were looking for stories, oh, yeah. he suggested a story, and then I found. Oh, he wanted me to do the giggling granny. I said we already did that one, and yes. this is a little like the giggling granny, a little. Huh. Okay. We're gonna uh. talk about Belle Gunness. Gunness. A.K.A. Hell's Princess. What? <laughs> so, Belle Gunness. Her given name when she was born was Brynhild, Paul's oh. daughter, Storseth. Storseth. What? Brynhild, Paul's daughter, Storseth. Okay. To Paul Peterson, Storseth, and Barrett Ohl's daughter. So, what I'm getting about Norwegian names, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. is Paul's daughter... P-A-L-S-D-A-T-T-E-R mm-hmm. is basically saying she's Paul's daughter. I mean, that's what I thought they were saying. Yeah. But I, 
And I thought that they were putting the mom and the dad's name together, but no. So, and his his mom is Barrett Ohl's daughter, so she's probably Ohl's daughter. (laughs) Daughter. Well, it's kind of like how uh, in India, like my doctor, there's Suma. Anyway, they have a lot of that. And And that's why... There's a lot of doctors with the same last name. It's not, it's just like a given name, like that, mm-hmm. like a given name that they get. It, yeah. If they're single, this is what they have. If they're married, this right. is what they have. Like way back in the old days where if mm-hmm. your dad was a Smith, your last na- name ended up being Smith. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Don't go. <laughs> no, for real. That yeah. was the thing. No, seriously. Um. All right. Anyways, she's born uh, November 11th, 1859 in Salbu, Norway. I hope I said that right. She was the youngest of eight. She was raised on a small farm in Ingbygda, Norway. There's a story about her early years in Norway before immigrating to America where allegedly um, she's at this country dance and this guy, she gets into it with this guy and they get in a fight and he she's pregnant mm. and he kicks, in the, kicks her in the what? stomach and then she loses the baby. Oh my God, that's so, so sad. People that knew her back in Norway say she was never the same after that. Oh, I wouldn't be. Yeah. Norway is a... I wouldn't mind going to Norway. That's a cool looking place. She ends up emigrating to America. Pause. You did say you liked it? Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. It's delicious. Yeah. No, now that the coffee's gone. Yeah. Okay. Allegedly in 1877... Oh, so this 1800s. Oh. So then... Not long after this. Okay, so he's a rich man's son. Mm-hmm. So he's never prosecuted for this. Okay, this is not her husband, the this baby is not, daddy. No, not that I know of. Okay, wow. If the baby daddy, we're going to, I'm they not going to jump talk, again. They don't even talk about the baby's What? Daddy. Not anything that happened pre-America. There's not really a lot. Of, this is even kind of almost hearsay. Wow. Like this story. Okay. So anyways, he's not convicted He's not prosecuted. What the fuck? He, he gets away with it. But he dies from what they diagnose as stomach cancer. Oh, karma. That is karma knocking at somebody's door. If it was stub- stomach cancer. Oh. <laughs> um, this is just the first in a line of really weird deaths that just happened happen, happen around her. her. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then. Were you going to say something? No. Okay. Um, it would have taken us down a rabbit hole, so I won't go there. <laughs> okay, so go ahead. So anyways, it's going to get interesting down the line here, so yeah. trust me, we're going to go down to, down some rabbit holes. Okay. All right. So one of her older sisters, Nellie, immigrated to America, and Belle decided to follow her in her footsteps a few years later. Mm-hmm. I already can't talk, mm-hmm. and I'm not even, I'm not drunk. <laughs> Oh my God, I cannot wait till we get my story. <laughs> she moved to the United States in 1881 and changed her name from Brynhild to something more American. Okay. Like Jones. Bella Peterson. Oh, that's pretty ordinary. Which she probably got the Peterson from her dad. Mm. But Bella, that's mm. different. In the beginning, she works as a servant, but in 1884, she meets and marries Mads Albert Sorensen. Or... Some of the stories said Mads Ditlev Anton Sorensen. So there's a lot of like... Ditlev? Ditlev. I'm just kidding. Ditlev. Ditlev? Lives like a dick? Uh, doesn't live long. Oh. All right. Because he's a dick? I don't know. 
they don't say that. Interesting. They don't say that. So that's mm. in Chicago, Illinois. And two years after they meet, they marry, open a candy store. And apparently that candy store is not successful. Hmm. So within a year, the shop mysteriously burns down. What? Of course, they collect the insurance. And this is used to pay for another home. Is she a witch? No. <laughs> oh, well, no. Is she a bitch? Oh. She might be. She could be a bitch. She's like, I might be bitch. <laughs> Ain't no witch. <laughs> might be a bitch. <laughs> All right. The couple would have four children. Caroline, Axel, Myrtle, and Lucy. Axel mm. and Lucy would die in infancy, allegedly oh. due to acute colitis. Wow. And interestingly enough, colitis has symptoms that are pretty much the same as the effects of a few forms of poisoning. Mm-hmm. And guess what? There was insurance policies on these children and they were paid out. But yeah. And then there's like conflicting information as to whether they actually had children of their own because I read somewhere that she couldn't have children. But since after she got kicked in the stomach. Yeah. But hmm. then other stories were like, no, these were her children. And hmm. there's only one adopted daughter. Oh, yeah. They have a 10 year old daughter and she's adopted. Oh, and her okay. name is Jenny Olson. <laughs> Apparently her original name was Morgan Couch. Oh, so they changed her name at some point. Well, thank goodness. <laughs> Every time I was reading Jenny Olsen, I kept thinking Nellie Olsen. I, I, that's what I was, I was going to say it. With the little ringlets. Yep. Little House on the Prairie. I still watch that show. Do you really? Yeah, I haven't regular, seen it in a long, long time. It's on regular TV every day. So Sorensen also had a life, life insurance policy on himself. Oh, of course. Of course he did. Which she didn't think was enough. And she convinced him to take out another policy that was more. And he did. And then... And then, (laughs) on the exact day that both policies overlapped... Oh, no. Mads mysteriously dies. It's crazy. Those insurance policies bring such bad luck. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you. And it seems like way back in these old timey days. Like remember the giggling granny? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because she had a lot on everyone. Right? Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure I'm remembering the same story. I'm pretty sure that's the one. Conveniently on July 30th, he dies. Uh, The first doctor to examine him says it's strychnine poisoning. He's like, Mm. oh, no, this is like... This is strychnine poisoning. But the family doctor intercedes saying that he had been treating him for an enlarged heart. So it was concluded he died from heart failure. No autopsy was performed because no one thought that his death was suspicious. Really? Except for apparently that first doctor that was like, uh, this is poisoning. Is this kind of starting to taste like Kool-Aid? A little. Yeah, it's good. All right. It's fruity delicious. I'm going to have some more. Apparently, his family thought something was up, and they demanded an inquiry. Eventually, no charges were filed. Bell walked away with $8,500, which may not seem like Back, a lot. That's the 1800s. But in the 1800s, it was about $240,000. Damn. She takes that, purchases a farm on the outskirts of LaPorte, Indiana. Not long after acquiring the property, both the boathouse and the carriage house burned down. Of course they did. Where she probably collected on the insurance. Of course. She becomes reacquainted with Peter Gunnis, who had been a recent widower. He was also from Norway, a butcher by profession. She's like, hey, you're a widower, widower, I'm a widow, you're from Norway, I'm from Norway, you're lonely, so am I, let's get married. Mm. And so they tie the knot on April 1st, 1902. Peter also has a couple of kids, 
and the ink on the marriage certificate is barely dry. Mm-mm-mm. When a week later, Peter's infant daughter dies after being alone in the house with Belle. Oh, that's so sad. So they. How I'd, could you hurt a baby? She doesn't seem to have any qualms about hurting children. She's pathetic. She's, she probably hurts animals. She's a monster. Too. She's a monster. Okay, later that year in December of 1902, I wonder if she got dropped on her frontal lobe. Oh, maybe. Maybe in that fight with that guy because they said oh, her personality maybe she changed. Hurt. Yes, maybe she got her head. Something. Something happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then Peter soon dies in December of that same year that they got married. Mm. According to Belle, he was reaching for his slippers next to the kitchen stove when he was scalded with brine. She later declared that, in fact, part of a sausage grinding machine fell from a high shelf, causing a fatal head injury. Okay, that's a little too many, like, it's just too many tragedies following her. Right. Oh, yeah. Definitely, for sure. Was it that story that I had you watch? Or was it another one where, um, like, the barn burned down, like, fires and everything kept happening was it that one i think it might and the guy kept collecting on and no it was a different one this guy kept collecting on the insurance and the police weren't even catching it until his like i think it was his second or he was on his second wife and after they started investigating some she was like am i in danger <laughs> like do you have an insurance policy shouldn't in, a life you might insurance. be <laughs> yeah He'd open up life insurance. He even, oh my God, we're going to have to do this story. Okay, I'm going to remember it. Right. I'll tell you about it. Back to poor, uh, what's his name? Peter and his Mm -hmm. death by sausage grinding machine. Uh, That's just too bizarre. Yeah. Maybe it's so bizarre you can't make it up. I I said, what? Maybe she's thinking that. No. Yeah, I think she thinks everybody's Mm. stupid. Yeah. She received, well, and apparently she gets away for it, mm-hmm. for it, from it for long enough that it seems to be that. Well, in the 1800s, they can't like track all that. They didn't have the computer system that right. we do. So it's not like if she moved from like one county to another, they would even know that she collected on stuff. That's true. So she <clears> receives $3,000 from his death. I am, girl. So remember Jenny, Belle's oh, no. adopted daughter? Yeah. She's about, year old. Yeah. She's about 14 now. Oh, Allegedly, man. she also lets it slip to a classmate. Mm-hmm. My mama killed my papa. Mm. She hit him with the meat cleaver and he died. Don't what? tell a soul. She Did she see it happen? She must have. Dang. Dang. Poor Jenny. She should have kept her mouth shut. Oh, no. But she had probably already seen some shit and she needed to tell somebody. Mm-hmm. Locals also refused to believe that Peter could meet such a clumsy end. Because he ran a hog farm on oh. his property and was an experienced butcher. So they hauled Jenny in before coroner's inquiry and she denied telling her classmate anything. Mm. And Belle worked her magic and was able to convince the coroner she was innocent. Mm. Okay. When you picture this story, picture somebody like batting their eyelashes and like, I'm innocent. Mm-hmm. She is not like what you would call like comely. Mm-hmm. And she's... A hefty woman. Oh, she is. I was picture. I thought you were going to tell me she's petite. No, no. Oh, okay. I don't know. I see some pictures of her when she was younger. She looks. She looks cute, but then there's 
I mean, every mother who's had a million kids in the 1800s just, like, she does not look like a happy woman. She was Okay, what's her name again? Belle Gunness. That's right. Oh. You mind if I look no, her go up for right it. now so I can get a view? So, Belle works her magic and was able to convince the coroner she was in- innocent. She was also pregnant and had all these kids to raise, which probably influenced their decision. A few years later... There's a movie? Oh, I think, yeah, I think there is a movie. Okay, sorry. A few years later, in 1906, Jenny had supposedly been sent away to a Lutheran college in LA. She looks totally uninterested. As she she looks life. like not a happy woman. Get this fucking kid off my lap. Yeah. Okay, I get you. The kids are cute though. Yeah, they're totally cute. Okay, I'm sorry. So did you hear about Jenny? N- no, I'm sorry. So in 1906, Jenny had supposedly been sent away to a Lutheran college <gasps> oh. in LA. And some stories said a finishing school for young ladies, which leads me to believe Belle couldn't keep her story straight or she was stupid enough to believe people weren't comparing notes. Mm. So here poor Belle is all lonely. In 1907, she employs Ray Lamphere as a farmhand to help mm-hmm. with chores, quote unquote chores. Mm. Which he does do chores, but apparently he does other things for her. Apparently he was helping her out with uh, things. You know, <laughs> cleaning her bushes <laughs> which he bragged about when he was in his cups at the local local watering hole wow he bragged about mm-hmm. i don't think i if she doesn't look like the type of woman you'd want to brag about he saw something in her i guess so. well so did all the others i guess yeah. and he was also madly in love with her mm. so she was putting it down mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously mm-hmm. he pictured them getting married and working the farm together she must have known how to really boost a man's ego mm-hmm. and say exactly the right words and do the right things mm-hmm. to uh, make them googly. Right. So that's not what Belle had in mind, though, because around the same time, she takes out a personal ad in the lovelorn columns of <laughs> newspapers. And here's what one of them oh says. Oh, my gosh. Comely widow who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts in Laporte County, Indiana, desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman equally well provided with a view of joining fortunes. <laughs> no replies by letter considered unless sender is willing to follow answer with a personal visit. Triflers need not apply. Triflers. <laughs> you trifler. That's hilarious. The suitors started flocking in and neighbors were seeing huh. carriage rides, her out in her Sunday best, huh. her hair up all stylish with different men. The locals were used to seeing this 5'9". She was a very tall woman. 200-pound mm-hmm. woman sporting her overalls and butchering her own hogs. Oh, my God. So now they were pretty surprised. She... Right. To see her, you know, courting. Being all men. fancy. Yeah. Putting on the Ritz. Mm-hmm. And Ray, he wasn't a happy camper mm. about any of this because he's still doing the chores on the, all the chores all right. on the farm. Okay, so she's stringing him along. Yeah. One of these men was John Moe, who arrived from Elbow Lake, Minnesota. He had brought more than 1000 with him to pay off her mortgage. Oh, my. Or so he told neighbors, to whom Gunness re- introduced him to as her cousin. He disappeared from her farm within a week of his arrival. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. After that came George Anderson from Tarkio, Missouri. One night during dinner, he told her he would pay her mortgage only after they were wed. No, smart. Or is or it? A, well, maybe it was because mm-hmm. it bought him some time. Mm-hmm. Apparently, she didn't take kindly to him not immediately divesting himself of his hard-earned cash. And uh-huh. that night, he uh-huh. was startled awake 
by Belle, who was standing over him, her face transformed into something murderous and sinister. Of course, he probably screamed like a girl, and she ran and she ran out of the room, perceiving correctly that Belle was there to kill him. He got the hell out of Dodge. Dear he was God. probably the only known survivor. Holy crap. By this time, she began ordering huge trunks to be delivered to her home. Dang. Hack driver Clyde Sturgis delivered many such trunks to her from Laporte and later remarked how the heavy set woman would lift these enormous <laughs> trunks like boxes of marshmallows. Oh my gosh. Tossing them onto her wide shoulders and carrying them into her house. Wow. She's like a wrestler. <laughs> She kept the shutters of her house closed by day and night. Farmers traveling past the dwelling at night saw her digging in the hog pen. What? Yeah. Mm. So something's going down. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Another widower by the name of O.B. I don't know if this is Oli. Oli B. Oli B. Mm. It's O-L-E. I'm going to say Oli B. Budsberg from Iola, Wisconsin shows up to start courting her. Unfortunately, he was last seen alive in Aww. the Laporte Savings Bank on April 6, 1907, Withdrawing. where he mortgaged the land he owned in Wisconsin, signed over the deed, Aww. giving her several thousand dollars in cash. His sons had no idea their father had gone off and done such a foolish thing. And Aww. when they finally found out where he went and contacted Gunnish, she was like, Ollie who? <laughs> She said she'd never seen their father. Wow. Well, she's no dummy, I guess. I don't know. Several more came after that. But then there was Andrew Halgallion. He was a bachelor farmer from Aberdeen, South Dakota. Mm -hmm. And he starts writing her. He answers the ad. Mm -hmm. They start exchanging letters until she sends him one that makes him uproot himself from the bachelor life and take the leap with Belle. And this is what it says. Mm -hmm. To the dearest friend in the world, no woman... In the world is happier than I am. I know that you are now to come to me and be my own. I can tell from your letters that you are the man I want. It does not take one long to tell when to like a person and you I like better than anyone in the world. I know. Think how we will enjoy each other's company. You the sweetest man in the whole world. We will be all alone with each other. Can you conceive of anything nicer? I think of you constantly when I hear your name mentioned, and this is one when of the dear children speaks of you, or I hear myself humming it with the words of an old love song. It is beautiful music to my ears. My heart beats in wild rapture for you. See, she knows exactly what they want to hear. My Andrew, I love you. Come prepared to stay forever. Till death, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> Anyways, Andrew shows up on her doorstep with heart in hand and dick in the other. He's ready to go. <laughs> no, actually, it was a check in the other. Oh, not a dick. <laughs> um, in January of 1908, the check was in his was his life savings of $2,900. Of course, after they go deposit the check, Halgelian disappears off the face of the earth. It was during this time that Ray Lamphere, the farmhand with benefits, starts to become Mm. a problem for her. I mean, he was sprung and would do anything she asked, including Mm. some of the dirty work (gasps) that she asked him to do on the farm. So you think he had to get rid of some of the bodies? Um, Yeah. Mm. He was jealous of hogs. Oh, yeah. He knew Mm. knew a lot. Mm. 
He was jealous of all the men that were showing up, and he started to get mouthy about it, mm. causing scenes. Mm -hmm. She eventually fires him on February 3rd, 1908. Mm. Not long after this, she basically tries to have him committed, saying he was a menace to the public. What? The authorities hold a sanity hearing and pronounce him <gasps> sane. Mm. I mean, if it was the other way around, it oh, probably would have been. Yeah. Not long after she comes back complaining that he keeps showing up to her farm, threatening mm. her, and he is arrested for trespassing. Mm. It kind of sounds like this doesn't really deter him because he keeps coming back pressing her, what? according to her. Oh. At one point, he confides, to, he confides to another farmer, William Slater, talking about Andrew Helgelian. He says, Helgelian won't bother me no more. We fixed him for good or for keeps. Well, it just so happens Andrew had a brother. Forgive me because mm -hmm. I don't know how to say this. It's Azel. Let's see. Oh, probably. Who really gave a shit about him and he just wouldn't give up. Knew that he wouldn't just up and leave without mm -hmm. giving him word. Mm -hmm. So he snoops around, finds some of the correspondence between Andrew and Belle and he writes to Belle. She writes back telling him that his brother was not at her farm and probably went to Norway to visit his relatives. Mm. Azel is not buying this and thinks his brother is in Laporte and says he's going to go search for him. <laughs> Belle has a nervy response saying he's welcome to come and look and <gasps> she would even help search, mm, but course. it's going to cost him. Of course. His life. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to charge him to look for the brother she killed. Right. And then kill him. Yeah. More than likely. <laughs> but she needs to get some money out of him. Yes. Yeah, first. first. Yeah. Of course. It Makes was obvious sense. that Ray was becoming more of a problem, which is weird that she hasn't killed him by now. Mm. That might have raised too much suspicion at this point as she decides to see a lawyer from M.E. named M.E. Leliter. Mm -hmm. She tells him she fears for her life and those of her children from mm. Lay, Ray, Lay, 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 Ray Lamphere had threatened to kill her and burn down her house. She wanted to make out a will in case Ray followed through with any of his threats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The leader writes up her will where she leaves her entire estate to her children. Wow, I'm shocked. Well, she went to one of Laporte's banks holding the mortgage for her property, paid this off. She did not go to the police to tell them about Lamphere's alleged life-threatening conduct. Mm -hmm. The reason for this, most later con concluded, was that there had been no threats. She was merely setting the stage for what comes next. Hmm. Yeah. Drink. Dun, dun, dun. So, what I didn't really go into here, because it's a very mm -hmm. long story, is there was a long string of people coming in and out of the farm mm. and just disappearing. Not out. They were coming in. Yeah. And they weren't leaving. But not leaving. going out. Yeah. But I don't think people were door. really paying attention to the out part, mm -hmm. just like the in part, you mm. know? I mean, she had to find... These have to be people that don't have loved ones that... Like the brother that cared enough to go and search. Or she, like, with the sons of that one guy, like, she just throws him off and says, No, no he's no, never yeah. here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bell hired Joe Maxson to replace Ray mm -hmm. to help around the farm. A couple of months into his employment, he's awoken to the smell of smoke. So, meanwhile, just mm -hmm. the fact that Andrew's brother's onto her and he's like, I'm coming. I'm coming down there and I'm going to go and like check things out because yeah. I think you're lying to me. So I think she starts to feel like the jig is up. Yeah. Um, 
So he's awoken to the smell of smoke in the early hours of April 28, 1908. His room is on the second floor of Bell's house. He opens his bedroom door to find the house engulfed in flames. He calls for Bell and the children gets no response. In nothing but his underwear, he leaps from the second story window in a narrow escape from the fire that is closing in on him. He races into town to get help, but but by the time they get back, it's too late. It was too late before that. In the smoldering ashes of the Gunnis house, they find the remains of Belle's three children <gasps> and the headless corpse no. of a woman presumed to be Belle. It was immediately concluded that this had been no accident, but rather a case of arson and murder. Bum, bum, bum. It's not her. So, nope. <laughs> I didn't think so either when I was reading this. Yeah. So, of course, everything seemingly pointed to Ray. Mm. because she'd been going on to everybody about how he'd been threatening her. Right, she's setting it up. I mean, he was obvious, the obvious person. I can't believe she killed her own children. (sighs) Whore. I'm telling you, she's a monster. She's a total monster. When he was brought in for questioning, he denied having anything to do with the fire, but there was a neighbor boy that claimed that he he had seen him running from the house just before the whole house was engulfed in flames. He was promptly arrested. There was no head for them to make a positive identification of Belle, there was some bridge work that had been found in the debris, which the mm. local dentist was able to identify as work he had done on Bell. Oh. Let's not forget that Andrew Helgelian's brother, Azel, mm. was still suspicious of his brother's mysterious disappearance. He shows up while they're investigating and tells the sheriff that he suspects his brother met foul play at Gunnis's hands. Mm. He showed them a letter that Andrew had answered... The matrimonial ad where Belle offered true love and wedded bliss, but I might need a quick grand to pay off my mortgage. Mm. So I think that was one of the beginning letters. He mentioned that his brother had withdrawn his life savings before, Mm. never being heard from again. Super suspicious. You think? This suspicion was not quelled by the fact that an inspection of the ruins of Belle's home, he had watched men who were digging around for her head. So they're still searching for the head. And while they're digging around, they turn up eight men's watches. (laughs) Which, you know, back then. she kept the watches? And she was claiming poverty. Right. Watches weren't like just like... That was like a luxury item. Yeah, it was a luxury item. Um, The thing is, she's claiming poverty and she's collecting all this interesting. mm -hmm. Okay. He noticed the rubbish hole in the hog pen and asked the men to dig there. In so Mm. doing, they found four bodies, all of them skillfully sliced apart and Mm -mm. wrapped in oilcloth. No. One of those bodies was Andrew. Oh, no. So those are the first four bodies that they find. Mm. After this grisly scene, all the looky-loos started showing up. So there's like this whole crowd of people while they're pulling bodies out of the ground. Ugh. Joe Maxson mentioned to the sheriff that Bell had asked him to bring loads of dirt by wheelbarrow to a large mm-hmm. area by where the hogs were fed. He said there were deep depressions in the ground and he had that had been covered by dirt. Gunness had told him that these holes contained rubbish and she wanted him to level out the ground with the dirt. The tea is spilling. Mm-hmm. Not to mention other farmers in the area had reported having seen Bella at night digging those holes in the pig pen. Wow. Uh, Sheriff Smutzer took a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Let's just laugh for a minute. That's funny. Smutzer. Smutzer. Okay. I just imagine what he looks like. It's just like this <laughs> barrel chested guy <laughs> with a bald head. Yeah. No neck. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, he took a dozen men to the farm on May 3rd, 1908. They unearthed the body of Jenny Olson, who had vanished in 1906. Mm. 
So there is that mystery. Mm-hmm. And two small bodies of unidentified children. Mm-hmm. So two other children that nobody knows who idea who oh these kids are. Oh my gosh. After this, it was one body after the other. Oh, one no. of them was Ollie B. Budsberg, the little old man. Okay. So a lot of them were, yeah, they were um, widowers. They were mm. middle-aged men who were lonely and looking for love. Mm-hmm. And they were all of Norwegian descent, it seems like. Mm. Um, most of the remains found on the property could not be identified because of the crude recovery methods, the exact number of individuals unearthed on the Guinness farm was unknown, but 14 of Bell's victims were pieced together with a number of teeth, bones, and watches left over, and all the number murdered was estimated to be as many as 40. (gasps) Yeah. That woman's busy. Wow. Listen, with that kind of effort, she could have had a nice, juicy, full-time job. Mm -hmm. I made legit money. Well, apparently this was her juicy, full-time job. I just don't know. On May 22, 1908, Ray Lamphere was tried for murder and arson. He pled innocent to all charges. His defense was hinging on the assertion that the body was not Gunness. Mm. Lamphere's lawyer, Wirt Warden, Wirt Warden, developed... Oh, that's, his <laughs> that's his name. Oh my Wirt. God, that's hilarious. Wirt, W-I-R-T, Wirt. That's hilarious. Wirt. We're Deve- having a moment here. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Apparently you guys are. Yeah, we are. Um... They developed evidence that the bridge work that was found may have been planted. In the end, Lamphere was found guilty of arson, but acquitted of murder. On November 26, 1908... Tell me she gets busted. I'm be so mad if she doesn't. If she gets away with this, I quit. (laughs) He was sentenced to... Two twenty-one years. Two she tw- was. He was oh, sentenced he was. to twenty-one years in state. Well, the right now they're prosecuting. Dead. Right. Oh, that's right. God, where am I? I jumped ahead. Okay. To two two. Blah, blah, I don't know what it is. Sentenced to twenty-five. I might put two. <laughs> yeah, but can I just clarify? I jumped ahead to what's in my head. <laughs> like two. I'm hoping that they're going. You're going to tell me that they find her and then they blah blah blah. So, okay, um, this wine. Is it really good? It is good. And it really is. Okay, so two, two. <laughs> two, two. I was you typing did. quick. Two, two, There two. was no copy and pasting on this That's one, That's hilarious. Two, I got two, up early two. this morning and wrote this. Sentence to 21 years in the state prison in Michigan City, Indiana. That's so sad. He Oh, my God. He died there of tuberculosis on December 30th, 1909. For a fucking crime he did not commit. Well. Wait, what, what, A few weeks later, after his death, a reverend comes forward with a Mm. confession that Ray (gasps) made before he died. Oh, no. Listen listen to this. Apparently, Ray knew everything, and he spills all the tea. Wow. How she would charm the victims with her cooking, drug their coffee, split their heads with a meat chopper. Sometimes she'd just wait for them to go to bed and then chloroform them. What? She was a big and powerful woman, and she handily could heft the bodies down to the basement where (laughs) where she dismembered them, bundled them, and buried them in the hog pen. Sometimes she'd dump them in the hog's scalding vat and cover the remains with quicklime. And when she was feeling especially lazy, she'd just cut them up and feed them to the hogs. Oh, my God. The headless female was a woman. Mm -hmm. She had promised a job as a housekeeper 
who she basically baited into coming down from Chicago. She drugged her, bashed her head in. She dispo- disposed of her mm. decapitated head in the swamp by weighting it down. Uh. Dressed her corpse in her clothing and removed her own false teeth, dropped them by the corpse. Ew. Yeah. As for her children, she chloroformed them and she no. smothered them to death. What a sick bitch. She is. There's well, no lie. We know where she's rotting. Yeah. Lamphere was to wait for her at a designated place in the road after the fire was set, mm. but she never showed up. Instead, she cut across open fields and disappeared into the woods. Hmm. She said that she had become a very rich woman. He said that hmm. she'd become a very rich woman from her schemes and murders, walking away with about 250000 back then, hmm. which was probably about $6.7 today. Damn. All her accounts had been drained shortly before the fire. Of course. Over the next several decades, there were bell gunnist sightings all over the country. Everybody like swore that they saw her. Right. But there was one um, that was pretty probable, and this is Esther Carlson, who stood accused uh, and had been arrested for the poisoning of August Lindstrom, a Norwegian-American man for his money. Hmm. Two people who knew Bell identified her as Bell from photographs, but it was never proven. And then in another story that I, I didn't read this but i actually heard it i think like on a youtube video (laughs) shorty (laughs) that was shorty where she actually had in her possession pictures of her kids but they said that they never proved that it was her so i don't know maybe they just didn't want to bother with it because she was already so old and she was already going to get convicted of this other i don't know i have no idea but yeah Mm -mm. she got away with the other stuff if that was truly her, and if that truly was not her body in the... Which I believe, That right? was not her body. That, that sounds too specific. Why yeah. would he say all that stuff on his deathbed? Right, and how would he know? Yes, all dropping her false teeth. And, yeah. No. So that, that was, was my story. Good. Let's get that. That was a good one. Do you right. need a break? And break. We'll be right back. All right, that was the longest break of life. Okay, so... Take two. Have you heard of the Bermuda Triangle in Michigan, other than when I told you? Remember before when we talked about there was different triangles that Mm -hmm. we had wanted to talk about? Because you did kind of one that was kind of a triangle situation. Where was that one at? I don't remember. Oh, God, I can't remember. Was it Pennsylvania? Oh, oh, did I? It was something. Okay. It was on the East Coast, and then I Mm -hmm. did the Alaskan Triangle. Alaska. So here's another one. Which, by the way, I was going to do something in Alaska, but I wasn't sure if we touched base on it. Right. Was um, the mermaids. Hmm? Oh, dang it. I should have done it. It's creepy as hell. Okay. Yeah, we're going to definitely have to do that one. Yes. It's creepy, creepy shit. Anyway, I kind of wanted to get, you know, something different. So I decided to do this. Anyway, this one has some very credible. It isn't legends. It isn't. It's got credible shit. So this is. I won't. I don't want to go into the Great Lakes. I'm okay. Okay. I don't need to be anywhere near, around, above, under, nothing. (laughs) But I did watch some really cool shit. We'll get into it. Okay. Okay. Anyway, the Lake Michigan Triangle, sometimes referred to as Michigan Triangle. I don't know why it says Lake Michigan Triangle. Right. Anyway, um, spans from Manitowoc, Manitowoc, 
Uh-huh. Wisconsin to that, Ludington. Is that where they found that weird shaped creature in, that had washed ashore? Oh. Uh, it kind of sounds like the name. But continue. I'm sorry. I don't mean and to off track. And south of Benton Harbor. Okay, so there have been gobs of stories surrounding these giant lakes. Mm-hmm. They have a magnificent history. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched um, on Disney Channel, there's the, what is it? National Geographic mm-hmm. is on there. So basically, if you get on National Geographic, they have this series... Which I wouldn't have even looked at if I wasn't doing this. And I'm really glad I did because now I want to watch the whole series. Mm-hmm. But it's called Drained. Mm-hmm. And it's Drain the Great Lakes. I think it's called. I wrote it on here. Um, oh, yeah. Drain the Great Lakes. And they, with all the data that they have, they're able to show what it looks like. The lakes look like completely drained. It's so fascinating. But they're also able, it tells the story of what's happened thousands and thousands of years ago. It's amazing. So I learned a lot of cool history too, which had I not dug into it and just watched some of these things, I would have been like, I mean, that's kind of spooky, but then there's explanations for some things. Anyway. Oh, and I didn't know how beautiful the scenery was in Michigan, like the forest and mountains and trees. It's just gorgeous around all those lakes. Right. So I'm going to go there now. Anyway, so check out that National Geographic stuff. They have um, drained Alcatraz. So they drain all the water to show you what Alcatraz around Alcatraz looks like. Like CGI? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's like real because they take, you know, like cameras. And so they have documentation of like what the dips, every dip and crevice and everything looks like. Right. So one place that they were at, and I can't remember what lake it was, of the three major lakes in Michigan, Mm -hmm. but they um, were showing a buckling. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, it was um, outside of Ontario. Right. And so they were showing this buckling in the lakes, and they were explaining that that means that there's been seismic activity and that... They're probably, they should probably prepare. Like, no, we're probably not expecting huge earthquakes. But the fact that there's that buckling under the, in the ocean, or I mean, in the lakes, shows that we have had seismic activity. Right. And that we should probably build the buildings in preparation for even a small earthquake. And I'm like, that's fascinating. Right. How would they know that if they didn't have scientific equipment to go down there and find that buckling? It's amazing. Right. It's, it's, I just found it super interesting. So, although. By the way, this is the monster. Montauk? Is that the same word spelling? No. Okay. Never mind. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I forget. I love that I can do this. Listen, I'm new to this whole computer owning thing. Manitowoc. Ah, Manitowoc. <laughs> okay. We learn something new every day. <laughs> okay. I forget that when I'm trying to pronounce something. All I have to do is have the computer do it. All right. So anyway, uh, it's not the ma- most famous Bermuda because you did that one. Like where? Didn't Did you do, do that the, one? No, I did Alaska. We've never <gasps> oh done the Bermuda gosh. Triangle. We, we should have done that we one. Holy. We should do a whole episode. A whole episode. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because that's crazy shit. Let's do it. Um, A number of unusual events are equally inexplicable Mm -hmm. from being hinted as a hotspot for UFO sightings Mm -hmm. 
to a gateway to parallel to a parallel universe. What? Strange things have occurred there. Okay, so yes, even a scientist that I will be talking, I don't know if I give his name. Right. But he is, he works for the government. He's a well-known, I think he's even like a mathematician type scientist thing. He even says, I can't explain <laughs> it. What are you doing? disturbing the dog so i'm just trying to get in the frame here he's like i can't explain it and so i have to say it could be psychic activity it could be paranormal or uh a alien i don't know and for him to say that to actually have a scientist admit something like that uh, and not even just like this is a well reputative reputable reputable thank you Scientist mm-hmm. that works for the government. That Sometimes is like, my brain works. Thank you. <laughs> that he, I, you know what I need? I need to wet my lips. Mm. How come I can say words for you, but I can't say for words yourself. for me? I think it just, and when we're doing it on our own. <laughs> anyway, the history of abnormal incidents in the Michigan Triangle can be traced to the late 17th century. <gasps> like all the way back then. It's insane. Okay. And that's just, I think, because... We don't have it. How are they going to document stuff right. other than that? Um, it was a time when the world was exploring new ways and routes for expanding trade. La Griffin, one of the largest sailing vessels of its time. Okay, here we go. You so this French La Griffin, La Griffin, mm-hmm. La Griffin. I don't know. Anyway, La Griffin. <laughs> okay, give me. I like when we try to get fancy. <laughs> hey, let's see how the computer says it. La Griffin. Let's see. Wait for it. Wait. Le Griffon. Le Griffon. Wait, let's say it like the... Le Griffon. <laughs> I don't know. Like the computer? Okay. Le Griffon. Le Griffon. Okay. <clears throat> it's one of the largest sailing vessels of its time. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, set out on this Mayan... Maiden... Mayan... 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 Maiden voyage mm-hmm. in 1679. I love how I'm like this. To find a North... West Passage to China and Japan. I didn't realize that that was such a huge uh, fairway to everything. Right. That's amazing. I that's I just never... I was just talking... It's funny because I was just talking about this very thing because we were going over the map. Mm. I was talking about Columbus and how, mm. how he was trying to uh, find a passage to the to India mm-hmm. going this way, but he didn't take you know into account this huge landmass mm. that is the Americas... Yeah. He thought he was just going to go straight through. Anyways, that's what me and Sebastian were talking about. So it's funny that you're bringing it I mean, up. it is. I mean, it is because it connects all these. What is it? The Pacific and the Atlantic. Or, I don't know. Anyway, there's all these details. Connects <laughs> everything. I don't know anything about all that because I'm so smart. <laughs> I just have never been interested in any of this until I got older. And mm-hmm. now I'm like. Wow, I want to know where my kids, they know all of this. Right. Anyway, all went well until the shrip, the shrip, the shrip. The shit went to. It reached the Michigan Triangle. Oh. And then shrip, shrip went to hell. I love it when shrip goes to hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it never was to come back after it reached the triangle. Oh. Although mm. it is not the only ship that might have been submerged. The horrifying part is that no wreckage of the ship, nor any traces of the crew have been found to date. Wow. So, like, there's a lot of ships at the bottom. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of ship. They have crazy weather right. in that area. So, 
there have been a lot of shipwrecks. So this is within the Great Lakes area? Yes. Okay. In the Triangle. And this ship basically disappeared without a trace. And the men also. Hmm. It's not the only one. I get the feeling you're going to... I'm going to tell you. Elaborate. So who could have thought a clear and cloudless sky would cause harm to a ship? Hmm. Like it's a clear, beautiful day. No the weather, clouds. The weather is not bad. Okay. But that's what was has to be expected while the Michigan, well, in the Michigan. But that's what has to be expected <laughs> while in the Michigan Triangle. Okay, fuck me. Take another drink. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. I need to wet my... Listen, this is what happens when you go second and mm-hmm. you've drank a bottle of wine. And then you take almost mm. Mm. 45 minutes to an hour in between. And we did drink. do that. Okay. In 1883, the crew of... Oh, <laughs> I thought it was called the wooden tug. It was, <laughs> it was, it was a wooden tugboat. Oh, okay. Named... The wooden tug. Yeah. The wooden That's a good tug. Name. The wooden tug. Mm, I'd be thinking, what are the men tugging? The Something wood. wood. The wood. There wood. The there wood. wood. All right. <clears throat> How much tug could a woodchuck wood chuck wood? I can't even. <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt it. Anyway, the wooden tugboat named the Mary McLean that worked out of the Chicago Harbor had a strange story to tell. Dun, dun, dun. They claimed to have witnessed mighty blocks of Okay, ice blocks, not not like hail. Not Bl- hail? No. Not hail. Not but hail. Ice. Ice. Blocks of ice falling from the sky. Shut well, the fuck on the up. no blocks. 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 Blocks of ice. Like the kind you buy yes. when you go into the That's freezer outside of Circle too. K, like blocks of ice. <laughs> yes, not okay. not big size hail. I mean, it's big size hail, I guess. Giant ass mm, blocks no, no, of no, ice. Bang, bang. Interesting. The crew managed to save a large chunk. They saved some. How did they stay afloat? I don't know. I mean, had to... Well, did they? They managed to save a large chunk of ice in its gallery ice box and recounted the horrific ordeal at the harbor. Hmm. Okay, here's, here's a real famous one. In 1891... The schooner. The schooner. <clears throat> the schooner. The schooner. The schooner. The schooner. The schooner. <laughs> Thomas Hume set off across the lake with seven sailors to pick up supplies of lumber constructed of Manitowoc. Oh, constructed in Manitowoc. <laughs> you got carried away with. <laughs> yeah, I got a little excited. I was like really into the whole. I, w- I was visualizing it. Okay, so in 1870, the wooden ship was the property of a lumber baron and had crossed the lakes, the lake dozens upon dozens of times prior to its mysterious disappearance. In comes the fog. The Thomas Humes. It's never good when the fog comes in. I don't know if there was fog. I'm just saying. (laughs) The Thomas Humes set sail. (laughs) I was just making the scenery. From Chicago. I'm like actually picturing picturing. That's what I was picturing. Fog. Fog. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's my horn. That would be the most pathetic horn coming from a ship. <laughs> that would be like my truck, this big truck, and then all you hear is because that's what my truck is. Big truck and then you hear meep, meep. <laughs> No. That's my, my truck. Oh, my truck goes like this. Meep, meep. <laughs> 
Your truck is the roadrunner. It's so <laughs> like you go to honk the horn, you're like, well, nobody's going to think it was my truck. They're going to think it's like that little Nissan. Hilarious. By the way, you made that mess right there when you were buying my wine. Okay. Okay, so the Thomas Hume set sail from Chicago, setting a course across the lake to reach... I got this. Moscon. 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 Michigan. Oh. It disappeared during the night without a trace. What? Are you kidding? No, I'm not. After the turn of the century, strange events happened at steady intervals. Of the more mysterious is the case of the Rosabella. In 1921, 11 people inside the ship, who were all members of the Benton Harbor House of David, disappeared and their ship was found overturned and floating in Lake Michigan. What? Well, what it, happened? Well, well, it appeared that the ship had been damaged in a collision. Get this. No other ship had reported an accident and no other remains had been found. On that night? At all. At period. All. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Many found the incident particularly eerie because the Rosabella, Rosabella. Had, Rosabella had been rebuilt after an earlier, ooh, this is spooky. Oh, that's after, our link to our story. Oh, my God, yes. Mm. Bella. 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 Yeah, but, you know, she was evil, but they're not. Yeah. Um, it was rebuilt after an earlier wreck in the 19th century. Very similar to the deadly one in 1921. Wow. We're going we're gonna to get out of the ships, but not yet. In 1937, Captain Donor vanished. Oh my God, this one's really creepy. I think I'm going to tell this without. So, tell me, tell Captain Donor just vanished without a trace. So really? they, the crew, went looking for him. So he had just navigated his crew through an icy area of the lake. Okay. So I guess they needed him for something. I don't know. But they were looking for him. And they when they went into his cabin, the cabin door was locked from the inside. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't in there. Oh. What? And he was never found. He, so he just vanished. Vanished. Without like there's When you're on a ship. Right. And you're in your cabin. There's only one way in and one way out. Unless he had a window and he just. No. No. There was no window? No. Oh. You have one way in and one way out. Like, even if he had a window that would be this big, how's he going to get out of right. there? That's I mean, they crazy. typically don't open, but even if he did, so... Are they but, going through a wormhole? Oh. That could explain. I'm watching Manifest right now, yeah. so... Oh, I, okay, so you're going to be thinking... That's okay. what I thought of, too. Okay, so I did think of that. But he is, to this day, never been found. These freaky disappearances are not just for what for travelers in the water, but what flies above doesn't seem to be safe either. Okay. I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> I love when I get She's clever. She's so proud of herself. She's like, you know, just, I wrote that. You know, when I write something clever. All right. So the disappearance of Northwest Flight 2501, one of the most mysterious cases over Lake Michigan, happened in 1950. Oh. Mm-hmm, when Northwest Airlines Flight 2501, which was carrying 58 people, crashed into the lake, Lake Michigan. The plane was never found. At the time, it was the deadliest commercial airliner accident in American history. 
the pilot had just requested to descend to 2,500 feet because uh, of a severe electrical storm, which was lashing the lake. Okay, so I could say, well, maybe the storm took it out. Maybe lightning hit it, whatever. Um, It had high velocity winds. When the plane, it just disappeared from radar. Like it was a blip and then Mm -hmm. gone. To this day, the plane wreckage which you're going to find out. This is not uncommon. To this day, the plane wreckage has not been found, and the cause of the crash remains unknown. About two hours uh, after the last communication with the flight, two police officers reported seeing, this is where it gets really weird, two police officers reported seeing a strange red light hovering over Lake Michigan and disappearing after 10 minutes. What? Mm-hmm. Leading some to believe a UFO was to blame. Oh, that's creepy. Right? I knew, that is need, really creepy. I'm going to need a little drink of wine after that one. Huh. How do you explain that? Mm-hmm. They've never been able to. They, um, they did try to explain it. The, uh, one theory was it was a form. So you know how lightning comes down mm-hmm. strikes down occasionally once in a very blue blue moon the lightning will go up and it will show that i guess show is red right but it is so rare and right. it wouldn't stay lit for 10 minutes right. i mean that how do you explain that would be a flash that wouldn't be 10 minutes right so anyway that was one theory okay i walk okay so remember the show in search of with leonard nimoy oh yeah how can i forget that was one of my favorite shows when i was a kid (laughs) yes so i watched a very hard to see version i mean it was obviously you know the the quality wasn't as good back then okay so um 1970s early 80s quality television this wasn't it But what's crazy is I can watch one of my favorite shows is Father Knows Best. Mm -hmm. And the quality is great. Like, however they've preserved those is amazing to me. If you want some of this, take it. No, 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 because I have to go take an Uber in a minute. Yeah, well, you're taking an Uber. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, so I need to have all my faculties. Faculties are vacating? So you don't get abducted? Yes. Okay. By an Uber driver? Let's find a story about somebody being... Don't! An Uber driver. (laughs) Just scared. Look at what you did. You're... (laughs) Woo! Okay. That was hilarious. Okay. Um, Oh, maybe you're going to get... Maybe your Uber driver might have black eyes. What? (laughs) What if your Uber driver is actually one of the black-eyed children? Stop it. (laughs) No, because he's already in the car and I'm getting in his car. I know, but... It doesn't work that way. Okay, invitation is an invitation. Stop it. (laughs) You're inviting him because you called for it. No, because they have to make the request first. No, you do. How do... What, are they going to request you to go for a ride? Well, that's the rules. There's rules for Uber. There's rules. Oh, because for the black-eyed children? Oh, yes. Okay, I hear you. Sorry. (laughs) They have to follow the rules. You know what that was? That was a who's on first moment just now. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, Leonard, Leonard, I didn't even spell his name right. Look at this. How I spelled his name. L-E-N-L-E-N-O-R-D is how I spelled it. What? (laughs) Hey, hey, I recognize it. you were writing this? I have no, I think that's almost like me with the two, two. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Two, two. (laughs) At least I recognize it. Mine was T-W-O-2-T-O. <laughs> what would make me even spell the name? Like, I'm looking at it right now going, that is not how you spell it. What am I thinking? Okay. Anyway. 
I think because I had been working on it for so long, I was just like, yeah, just get it out. All right, so, huh? Jinx. Oh, because we got jinx. You owe me a wine. (laughs) Here, pink. Mmm. That was a great bottle of wine. It was really, I think, one of our number. You know, it's a great bottle of wine when we finish the whole thing, and we're not even done. No, we're not. A lot of times we sip it. We don't always finish the whole bottle. We don't always finish the whole but bottle. sometimes we have something before, like... Yeah, sometimes, like last time. Yeah. And sometimes we're just still sipping on it, like, I'll dump it out. <clears throat> I am not dumping that out. No, that was good. Connor, Les? Good job. Thank you. We enjoyed it. <clears throat> okay, so anyway, Leonard, In Search Of, and Leonard Nimoy, they did a really good... It was an extensive, investigative, like, report that they did. It was so incredible. God damn. I didn't do this to her. I said God damn, by the way, not G-O-D damn. It's more like G-A-W damn. All right. God damn it. (laughs) Anyway, make sure you give me back the cork because I thought the cork was cool. That's what I'm trying to do. Oh. Fuck, Carlene. Shut the fuck up already. Do your story. All right. So they did a, a really thorough... Thanks, girl. Anyway, with the interviews Come with science, scientists and survivors. Uh-huh. Okay, so one man tells the story. He was a part of firsthand, okay, okay, while flying above the lakes with his father. This is sad, though. So he's in one plane. His dad's in another. They're in good quality planes. These aren't like cheap-ass fall-apart planes. These are good, expensive, quality well, I'd hope planes. they'd all be. They're quality. not, though. Oh, okay. I mean, some are better than others. Okay, so he explains that how one minute... So basically, they're flying. They're in communication. They're in communication with the tower. Right. So this is the thing. There's no miscommunication anywhere. It's not like communication cuts out and then they're like... They're still talking. Yeah, the whole time. Right. And so he's like, he can see his dad. So he has line of sight. Yep. And then he just disappears into thin air. Shut the, the fuck up. The plane, everything disappears in the thin air. Like he's looking right at the plane? Well, I'm assuming he must have looked away for a second or something. Let right. me see what well, I Well, I mean, he's going this way. His dad's going this way. They're going so. the same direction. Right, so. And, I, and I'm assuming they're a certain amount of distance away from each other, but he has his dad in sight. Right. And he's probably like looking at his um, instruments. instruments and stuff, and he probably looked up and his dad was no longer there. And I like how I know all the lingo because of watching Manifest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's exactly like I thought of Manifest the whole time I was doing this thing. So, um, okay, so he explains how one minute the plane was there and the next minute it had disappeared with zero distress signal, zero hint of anything wrong. He ha- he was just gone, never to be seen again. Wow. So how does a plane and a man just disappear into thin air? That's crazy. Right. Anyway, this is what all the witnesses say. For every single disappearance, whether by sea or air, no one hears a distress signal or sees any signs of distress. With one of the ships, go back to the ships, um, they let her located years and years and years and years and years later. Right. It was split. So they showed this on... uh, I can't remember if it's on, I think it was on the Disney thing or uh, National Geographic. It was split in half and it looked like, it looked like somebody had split it in half and then like twisted it and, um, or twisted it and split it in half. Anyway, um, with all of the lifeboats, they were all still intact. Mm-hmm. So, it, oh, what they had said is by investigating it, 
that it looked like it had taken on water. How That's crazy? How would they not know their ship is right. taking on water? Like they have people in the engine, they have people below and people above. Right. They would know if it's taking on water. Why aren't they reacting to it? Right. They said it fell. At like 30 miles an hour is why it's split in half like that. Uh Like, that's pretty quick for a ship to be going down. Right. But why weren't they, why were there no distress signals? Why weren't they SOSing? Like, help, we're going down. Nothing. Hey, we have a leak. (laughs) We have a hole in the bottom of our boat. I don't know. Nothing. But nobody's trying to go for the lifeboats or anything. Nobody went for the lifeboats or anything. They it's as if they didn't see it coming, you know? They can't explain how they would not have noticed such a huge thing. Like, how would you not notice? your bo- The ship is taking on so much water. And it's almost like it was in an accident, but yet there was no show of any other. Right. That, that again. That's crazy. No show of any other ships. Anyway, okay, so. You need tissues? Yeah, I'm out. Is that in your bra? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. You know, last time I went home, get this. I take off my bra. I had like 12 <laughs> tissues. Imagine. No. Yeah. She takes off her bra. And 12, look at this, 12 <laughs> tissue fall out. And I'm like, wait, how, was I just talking the whole time? Like, <laughs> and then I go, but wait, I had some in my pocket and I pull out like six more in my pockets. You were sweating the last episode. I was sweating a lot, so. Yeah, I was. I had no idea. I was. I think shoving. we did have the tequila on the last episode. We did we? tequila. Yeah. Tequila makes Carlene stuff her bra. Apparently. 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 Okay, so now some of these are getting more recent now. Okay. In 1965, a Boeing. <laughs> this is a huge commercial airliner. Boeing 727 flight from New York to Chicago. The captain's voices um, are being recorded by air traffic control. Okay. We're pretty up to date on the technology. It's not, old, you know, old, old. Like, it's pretty, pretty good technology. Mm-hmm. The flight path was tracked on very sophisticated, I already said that, nomad equipment. There was no mechanical malfunction. The aircraft was being flown by three highly qualified pilots. They could see Chicago in the distance. The aircraft was told to level out at 6,000 feet. Hmm. Um, That's just procedure. Okay. Um, It was at 6,000 feet. It was in position, but the aircraft did not level out. It continued to just, for three minutes until it flew right into Lake Michigan. Wow. So here's these air traffic controllers, like, communicating with these pilots. Mm -hmm. They're talking to them as if everything's normal, but yet they're crashing into the lake. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that freaking happen? That's crazy. It would be like me just going, yeah, so yeah, I'm going to go to the store as I'm ramming my car into a light pole. Like, yeah, I'm going to go to the store and da 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 crash. Boom. Like, what the fuck? Wait, what? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Right. So um, that's crazy. That happened. Yeah. Again, no distress calls, no signals of any, no signs of any malfunction with the aircraft and no issues with communication, with air traffic control. Just it was boom. a clear Instant. day. Yeah. It Within three minutes. It was a clear day up until one second before all 30 on board were killed. The pilot. Okay. So yeah, up until one second, the pilot was in communication. Exactly what I said. That's. And all 30 people on board were killed. Um, with, uh, because, oh, 
because of that, because he was so like, yeah, so this is my numbers. I'm going to make my blah, blah, blah. And then he's <laughs> crashing into the water. They just, they did deemed it unexplainable for there was no reason for the crash. Okay, so one man who was a pilot on an airliner that went down, he was like a sole survivor of an airliner that went down. All he remembers is landing into trees, but really he can't explain why or how the plane came down. His story is much like the one I just told you. Right. Because again, like everything, he's like, yeah, like the pilots were all communicating. This is happening. And then the interviewer was like, so so what went wrong? And he's like, I don't know. I, I just woke up in trees. So is this all centered around Lake Michigan? It's all the triangle. Or is- anyway, um... I have it on here. You'll get to it. Now as... Okay, so that was boats, ships, and planes. Now this is a human being. Right. So now as strange as those stories are, but it's not limited to planes and ships. In February 1978, Stephen Kubaki, a student at the time, he told his friends and family he was going skiing. He didn't make it home at the time he said he was going to be returning, so they reported him missing. Mm-hmm. Um, a search team found his skis and poles on the beach of Lake Michigan, and they found footprints like in the snow leading up to the ice right. on the lake. The footprints stopped at the lake's edge, and the ice was unbroken. So it's not like he went into the lake. They're just like, where the fuck did he go? Right. Like it stops right here. Otherwise, if the lake was, if the ice was broken, they'd be like, oh, he went into the lake. Yeah, the could. footprints stopped. Okay, the footprints stopped at the lake's edge, and the ice was unbroken. Upon further research, they were able to locate only his backpack, but no Stephen. Okay, here's the freaky part. After a 15-month-long search and him being gone, mm-hmm. on May 5th, 1979, Stephen miraculously appeared at the, his his dad's front door. Ding dong. Yeah. So Lake Superior, that's the one I was trying to say. Okay. Okay. Anyway, yeah, there's three major ones, but yeah, it's that whole area that I told you at the beginning. Okay. It's a, It makes a triangle, the Wisconsin, the blah, blah, and it covers all those lakes. Okay. Anyway, Stephen miraculously appeared at the front door of his father's house and rang the doorbell. He was shocked to find that his, that he had been missing for so long. Like, Stephen didn't realize he had been missing for 15 months. Girl, you need to put that thing on. I know. I'm sorry. Like, it's been, I haven't, it's been on silent for like, I haven't been able to figure out how to make it quiet or make noise. No, make noise. Oh. And now all of a sudden, it's like, like today, talking, so I'm going to make a loud yeah, noise. Yeah. And then today when we were in the ultrasound, all of a sudden out of nowhere, it's like, I'm getting messages. So I'm so sorry. That's okay. I couldn't get mine to make noise. No. Like all the normal ways, like I must have did something. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. So. So he was shocked go. to be been missing for so long. Okay, so he didn't know he had been missing. He said he had awakened. He had been. Ugh. Wait, he didn't know he had been missing. No, he didn't know he was missing for fifteen months. Fifteen fucking months. Did you miss all that? I'm what were sorry. you doing? Well, my grandson <laughs> popped up on my phone. I'm sorry, I was distracted okay. and I was trying to find Lake Michigan. After fifteen months. He had shown up at his dad's door. Right. And then he was like, wait, what? I've been missing for 15 fucking months? What the hell? Okay. Anyway, he That's told more his... more than a year. That's huh? crazy. Yeah. He told his dad he didn't remember much. He said he had awoken and awakened, anyway, in a meadow in Pittsville. 
40 miles from his father's house. Well, who wants to wake up in Pittsville? <clears throat> Someplace called Pittsville. I don't know what Pittsville looks like. Place, sorry, guys. Probably kind of If smelly. you live in Pittsville, I'm sorry. It's smelly. It could be the best place ever. Um, it sounds like the pits. He was wearing clothes that were not his. Next to him was a small satchel containing, containing several maps, which did not belong to him. Mm-hmm. The meadow... Where he ended up was 700 miles from Lake Michigan. Shut the fuck up. Stephen refused to speak to any media outlets of his experience. That really sounds like manifest. It, <laughs> I'm making all the connections in my head. He also refused. Well, we're, they probably got this shit from somewhere, right? Yeah. To make the movie yeah. or the show. He refused to speak to media outlets of his experience. He also refused any hypnosis, saying he would, it was unnecessary. As he, he said, he, he wasn't experiencing any psychological problems, and so he wanted to keep it but that way. What year was this again? Sorry. What? What year was this again? What, uh, what was it? Time frame? Uh, 1979. Okay. It was... Wow. Happened in 1978 and 79. That's when we moved here. Anyway, he ended up going on finishing his schooling, and he got a Ph.D. in clinical psychology and a master's in linguistics. Something we don't understand. (laughs) No. Throughout the years, others have also gone missing. Okay, listen to this one. What a word to mispronounce. I know, linguistics. (laughs) I, I said it perfectly when I was reading it at home. I say everything perfectly yeah. in my head. But no, I read it out loud because I always read it out loud. But it, you can't say it when you're doing in a fucking podcast. Right. I say fucking really well. So do I. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Okay, so a two-year-old named Amber Rose Smith in Nuego County, Michigan in mm-hmm. 2013. Amber was playing outside of the family home with their two dogs and her dad was watching her um, when they went and quickly he went in to use the bathroom upon his return amber was gone well fuckers don't leave your children unattended i mean it always happens when you just turn away for five I mean, seconds i would never um the dogs reappeared not long after but no amber hundreds of people frantically searched for amber but it was as if she had vanished into thin air the following day as the search began she was found in a location that had already been previously searched the day before no one i remember when this happened because i remember seeing it do you uh-huh no one can explain how the two-year-old because what they were the everybody was freaked out because they were like how could she have a two-year-old be out all night long in the freezing temperatures right and survive bears like the wildlife alone right bears just the elements <laughs> yes the cold and and not wander off like how did she she wasn't there the day before when they searched but then she's miraculously there and she isn't harmed by anything any elements or creatures or anything mm-hmm. anyway they just thought that was okay that's fucking unbelievable yeah. so did something take like, her and bring her back or did someone human or non Human. Like maybe somebody brought her out of the cold and then put her back out. Like that's. I mean, that's that, not what that they got because she was like dehydrated and oh. stuff. Oh, so, okay. did she end up? She was dehydrated. I think so. I think that's because they were shoving fluids okay. into her. Okay. Okay, so in 2007, Mark Holly, professor of underwater archaeology. Oh, this is really cool too, but you can make something of it. But then he explains it. Mm-hmm. At Northwestern Michigan College discovered a series of stones 
arranged in a circle 40 feet oh. below the surface of now, Lake Michigan. Now we're getting into outlander territory. <laughs> well, they all describe it like a stedge. Say it. Stonehenge. Stonehenge. Fuck. <laughs> One stone outside. So everybody's like, there's a Stonehenge in the lake. Oh my God. Stonehenge. Stonehenge. Is that what I said? Right. Stonehenge. In the lake. Oh my gosh. It's underwater. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, there's an explanation for it. But oh. is there or did they make an explanation for it? Oh, you never know. Right. So he discovered the series of stones arranged in a circle. They won't tell anybody where they're at, but you can um, you can see their investigation on YouTube. 40 feet below the surface of Lake Michigan. One stone outside the circle seems to have a, oh, a carving on it that resembles a mass, mass, yeah. <laughs> fuck, I know, mastodon. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Right. And you can clearly see it when they outline it on the computer. You can see it. I was just going to. I wonder how old that is. Must be pretty old. 10,000 years old. Yeah. 10,000. The elephant-like animal that went instinct about 10,000 years ago. When you see it in the water, you're tempted to say, this is absolutely real. But that's what we need the experts to come in and verify. This is what he says, the professor says. So he basically has spent years like verifying what is this. And the professor believes these stones are from thousands of years ago when... Okay, so basically, I'm just going to explain it. Right. Ancient hunters, in order to get the... um, Let's say food hunting. All that. Yeah, we'll just say like if they're getting caribou, they would. It's crazy, but they would. Um, they line so like cows. If if there's a paint line, right. cows won't go across it because they think they're gonna fall into that line. So like caribou, they would line up all these rocks, and the caribou would follow the rocks. And then, like, if they made a circle, they won't go in the circle. So then they would, that was part of the trap. Wow, that makes sense. And they still, there's still, you know, some tribal places and things that still use that. But it's thousands of years old. So when Lake Michigan was not underwater and it was dry, that's what they think these stones are. Okay. Is that trap that they used ancient hunting things that they used and that it's not some weird unexplainable thing like the actual stone yeah right many have reported other strange occurrences in the triangle area including ufo sightings some have even claimed the triangle was a time portal oh hello (laughs) outlander yep (laughs) <laughs> and that it could bend time, calling the cause a metaphysical force Interesting. with a supernatural vortex of energy. Like the fairy stones. Yeah. Some blame the disappearances on the extreme weather, mm-hmm. often found on Lake Michigan, which we kind of talked about, right. including strong squalls and wind and high winds. Take, but, your, take yourself out of being the reader and but wait, what do you think about that? Let's just think. Of, yeah. That's what I was going to say, because I'm done with this. But let's just think about it. In my stories, Mm. a lot of them were saying it was a clear, beautiful day. Right. There was no wind. There wasn't a storm. It was perfect outside. Right. It was literally one minute they're there and one minute they're not. Right. And if it was a stormy day, there would be some kind of distress. It's like they're going through a wormhole. Exactly. 
That's exactly what I thought when like, I was reading like all this. Like there's, like, yeah, like there. Have you ever seen the videos where they show, um, like a a car's just driving down the freeway and it disappears and right. then it reappears? Right. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Is it possible? There, of course, it's possible. I suppose. I anything think anything is, is possible. Mm-hmm. And there are wormholes. Who's to say there's not wormholes here? <gasps> oh, shorty. Is that her? Yeah. Oh my god. But anyway, that's I mean the fact, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. The fact that there is no and you need to go watch the in search of. It's really hard to see, but it's fascinating to hear this scientist talk. And I didn't I didn't get into all the like scientists scientific stuff but when a when a scientist they try and rationalize everything right they have numbers for everything everything has a scientific reason when he sits there and says i don't know i don't i don't have anything i don't know could it be a wormhole i mean i guess so could it be something psychic you know like metaphysical maybe like i don't know i like when scientists can admit that they don't know everything me too i like i respect that Mm mm-hmm yeah. So I, and I think, go watch that National Geographic because it's really cool because it explains. The show or the National Geographic? Well, watch the National Ge- watch them both because okay. National Geographic is one that drains it and it kind of, it's cool to know. Niagara Falls mm-hmm. makes total sense. Like it starts at, well, it started as a trickle and then because certain things happen, rain, a meteor, rain, blah, right. blah, blah, and it created this lake, this giant lake. Right. But then how it's pushing back, like it's just going back because of course the water's wearing down the earth right fascinating excuse me fascinating i didn't even know i was fascinated about things like that until i started watching it and i'm like because connor used to watch all that stuff and i'd be like but i would watch it with him (laughs) oh my god i used to sit there with this is one of the things i loved doing with my dad was Mm -hmm. like skipping church Mm -hmm. and watching in search of oh no that kind of stuff i like yeah I'm talking about like nature shows and whole like scientific thing. Like right. I didn't, I don't care about that stuff. I, now I do as right. an adult. I want to know how everything works. So I'm super like, oh, nature show. Cool. Yeah. My three year old tells me he wants to be a paleontologist. I had to look it up. <laughs> oh my god, that was Mario. That's my middle son. He was telling everybody like he'd be like two, three years old, telling everybody he was going to be a paleontologist. Mm-hmm. He knew all the names of every dinosaur. Yep. He knew what they possibly mm-hmm. ate. He yeah. knew, like everything. About I'm like, them. what the? F- I don't. Oh, that's so great. You want to be a paleon? Okay. You're you're two. I had to go look I'm up what the fuck is a paleon? Fifty, and I still don't know what I want to be. <laughs> I don't know. I always thought, and then I I would take my kids to the zoo like three times a week because we had a membership. Right. And he did. He knew. We would take friends and he would tell them everything about the animals, like what they ate and what kind of species and they're related to this. And I'm like, dude, you're four. Right. <laughs> Calm the fuck How down. How do you know all this? You have your whole life ahead of you. And then no, what does just he kidding. say? I'm going to be I'm a lawyer. I'm totally like, awesome. Yeah, I think you know it's great. Be. Yeah. But but I always thought he would do something with animals. And then he... Well, that's... I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be in politics. Well, I'm going to be in... I'm going to be a lawyer. <laughs> You're basically sometimes doing things with animals. So. I guess. But it's crazy how they change their interests. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought he'd be a priest, too. Because we poo-poo <laughs> the original stuff that they're into when they're little. They're like, oh, I don't. 
Right, but society, society does. I don't know though. I think they do. If he got that, I think. He, I well, I will tell you, it did happen because I wasn't a typical parent because I taught for so many years. So right. I wasn't a typical parent that right. like girls pink, boys blue. Right. Like my boys had dolls. Right. Molly played with football. I didn't have. There were no limitations. Right. But I also got divorced. So who knows what their dad was doing and pooping and I don't know what was happening over there. <laughs> okay, we're getting into the pooping thing. <laughs> pooping on right. things. Right. You know. So and and I do know like in order to like connect with his dad, Connor. Um, got more like oh I know that I can relate to my dad if I talk about politics and sports and music so that changed we don't even realize what we're doing to our kids even when we have the best of intentions Yeah, being the society that I grew up in one on the religious end and the very machismo Hispanic family Mm, mm -hmm. that I grew up in where there was like very defined gender roles oh yeah even though I kind of like fought against those gender roles in my own way mm-hmm. I didn't realize like how much I was putting those gender roles onto my children you know what I'm saying like mm. you don't realize the things that are ingrained in you mm. that you're like I wasn't raised with gender roles because my parents got divorced at such a and I was pretty young right but because I watched my mom do the man stuff Right. Like she climbed up on the roof and was fixing the AC unit. See? She's the one that mowed the yard. Like my parents didn't. I mean, my dad is pretty much. I would say he definitely. I can't say that he'd be like a woman's place is in the. But oh my god, my dad would yeah. totally say the woman's place. No, in fact, he he did say. No. The woman's place isn't that. No, my dad isn't like that. But I will say, like, even when my parents were together, my mom would be out doing a lot. Like, my mom put up our block wall. And they both did. But, but I mean, so I didn't grow up with that. Like how, and that's why when I have, like, somebody who's, I get the Hispanic roles. Because they are very, yeah. like, men are macho. And women dude, are in the my kitchen. My dad said, you're not leaving this house until you're married. Uh-huh. Until somebody comes and asks for your hand in marriage. That's when, and then I said, mm-hmm. watch me. <laughs> and I left. Yeah. But like I'm saying, like, you don't understand, like, how much is that un- is unconsciously ingrained in you? Mm-hmm. Like, now that I have time to reflect that, now that my kids are grown, mm-hmm. I can see yeah. how much of that, like, I inadvertently put on top Society of Society definitely has a And then the influence. people around them. Yeah. Because it takes a village. So, like, the whole village, if the whole village well, is talking about school. gender roles, then the whole village is... It's not even gender roles. It's what you're supposed to do as, like, well, you have to do this as a human being. You right. have to do that. You have to do that. Follow the follow the leader in front, you know, instead. Like, I always ta- taught my kids, like, if Ali said, I'm going to be a singer... I'd say, okay, that's great. What else do you want to do? Like if you say, even my, even people that come to me, if they say they want to be a a rock star, your son told me that he had like three different things that he wanted to do. And I'm like, you can do all three of those. Right, do what you want to do. But they're all so simple to do all three. Like within two years, he could have all three of the things that he told me, but we hold ourselves back because society makes us say, well, Well, wait, it's not realistic. you have to pay the rent. Well, it's not realistic to think that you can have everything. Like right. if I said I want to be a singer, society, my parents, my my everybody would say, okay, but what do you really want to be? Because that's a dream. That's well, a pipe dream. Well, but also, everybody have listened you watched to that. American Idol? Because yeah, right. I think a lot of parents told their kids that they could be a singer. 
<laughs> right. when they shouldn't have shouldn't been. Be. <laughs> but think about all the ones that <laughs> all the famous people out there, if they had listened to people, right. listened to society, listened to people tell them they can't do it. Right. Then we wouldn't have actors and singers true. and this is true. producers and this so is true. I mean just chase your own dreams. Yeah. Don't listen to do people. Do what you want to be you. Don't listen to people. I always tell people like it's that one unique person. Think about like like that person that's always been bullied. That think of Michael Jackson or Prince or you know that oddball. Right. How they made that huge difference in the world not by being the popular kid. They, weren't, they didn't start out the popular kid. I think we've uh, come full circle. Be odd. Be odd. That's the message today. Today's there we go. Message. That's why we were supposed to have this yeah. line. Right. Be odd. Mm-hmm. Follow your dreams. Don't listen to people. Because if you're just like everybody else, then you're just a cookie cutter house. Look, don't even listen to your parents unless they're encouraging you. <laughs> yeah. Go to school. Do your thing. And some people, like I have two amazing friends that are the smartest human beings I know. And they only went to sixth grade. They didn't have to go to college. They didn't have to go to high school. Like it's sometimes it's not for you. Right. And they've done just But fine. you're not going to know it's not for you unless you've tried Try. and done your due diligence and really gone through it and tried. Yeah. I'm not telling kids to drop out by all means. No. Nope. All right. Well, you have some place to be, so we need to stop. But this is such a fun conversation. <laughs> it's actually giving me anxiety. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Why? Because I have such different views that I didn't raise my family that way. Right. So I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> I'm a very much a peace loving freedom right. thinker so my kids were raised to be freedom thinker like even politics right they was who are you voting for and i wouldn't tell them like right. you have to decide Make that for decision. yourself that's yeah. the way i felt about religion with my kids same with religion yeah, yeah. because of the way i grew up yeah mine's just i think that you have to go on that journey on your own yeah. to figure you it out figure it out just like i did yep anyways we could talk about this all night <laughs> It's, it's not a big giving subject. me anxiety. I think this is like, I love this. It's fascinating. I love this. But I just like, get like. I love this kind of stuff. I think I get frustrated because I see so many people not. This is why people commit suicide. This is why people go in depression. This is why. Because the world doesn't let them be themselves. Right. They put them in this freaking little dark hole. And they're like, this is who you have to be. You have to act like a man. You can't cry. Yeah. No, you. God made you to be a man, not think like a woman in a man's body god made you exactly who you freaking are exactly how you feel is how you should be god does not make mistakes damn straight he doesn't he doesn't no so he doesn't so follow your heart if you want to wear makeup follow wear makeup. your pretty little heart <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we're gonna end it on that note because i really do have to be somewhere tonight and i have to pee and she has to pee so we love you guys thank you guys for supporting us don't forget that we do have uh, a new way for you guys to support us out on uh ko-fi it's ko-fi.com tipsy slash tipsy dot oh my god she'll put it in our uh, uh thing out yeah slash tipsy <laughs> tales.com uh, we're gonna have like to that. just make a thing that we play yeah well i have to have you make it okay, apparently I'll because my sister's gonna be like oh you sound so sad yeah. when you're asking for money your voice sounds like a stinky fart i'm just like hey if you want to support us you can no i'm saying you should support us so we can keep doing this because we're not going to keep doing this unless we get support that's like <laughs> holding a gun to some no it's the truth i don't like that message but it's the truth i don't like it 
But you have to tell the truth. I don't like that message. If people are like, hey, how come you're not doing your podcast anymore? What are you going to tell them? Because we can afford it. It costs too much money. It's the truth. All right, guys. <laughs> I'm you so look uncomfortable like, with this look, conversation. You look like Serena right now. Right now. It's I'm the truth. So People want the truth. All right, everybody. We love you guys. I'm Alma. She's Carlene. Hi, Mama. <laughs> I'm not being tricked, even though I'm drunk. Love you guys. Have good, a good night. Good night.